0: January 30th, 1933. Adolf Hitler is named Chancellor of Germany. At a boarding school in Connecticut, a young John Fitzgerald Kennedy and his schoolmates blow up a toilet seat with a firecracker. A series of events is set in place which cannot be reversed. November 22nd, 1963, 12.30 p.m. President Kennedy is gunned down in Dealey Plaza, Dallas, Texas. The Warren Commission rules it was the act of a lone gunman, but the American public senses something more sinister is at play. Historians, forensic pathologists, lawyers, lawmen, Jackie from Roseanne, and Newman from Seinfeld have all tried to unravel the case, but only three men have come close, and now for the first time in years, they're about to solve the granddaddy of conspiracy theories once and for all. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome historian Brian Lane. Hello. And civilian investigator Eugene Willie O'Keefe O'Neill.
1: What's up, guy? <laughs>
0: I'm conspiracy expert Lee Sanger-Golden, which is not a term that I gave myself, but one that Brian gave me, and this is Inside Jobs. Oh, boys, how have you been?
2: I, I I can't let you get away with that. You made some incredible mispronunciations in the intro that I'm assuming <laughs> you're going to try to edit out. But I won't uh, edit this out. If you. Brian Land... you almost said dally plaza in dealis texas oh
1: god Uh, let's get his ass
0: get my ass (laughs) brutal well we're through the looking glass here black is white and daly is dolly and dolly hello
2: yeah i don't you it is required that you have like um a master's in English literature in order to get the references that Kevin Costner says throughout the <coughs> Oliver Stone JFK movie, Yeah. Uh, which I don't think the real garrison probably was was capable of uttering. No, I, I think you may be onto something. Yeah. I- so. That's that's uh, seven Pinocchios on that one. <laughs> yeah. oh,
1: that's why Garrison had such a big investigative team, because he was so busy memorizing quotes from Bartlett's in the Bible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh. Lest the heavens fall. In fact, there's a part where he says, he says to the judge, or the judge says, bottle the egg, which I think that's what he's saying, but I don't know. And bottle your years- acid. Oh, is that what he said? That's what he's saying. Okay, that explains why Oh, and why do I know that?
2: Because I have watched that movie a hundred times and Uh probably half of those times with a subtitle or like with closed captions on.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I have the annotated screenplay, which is is pretty cool too. Um, But I still thought it was bottle the egg. So, you know, at some point I remember like, talking to somebody and I was like, all right, let's bottle the egg. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, And I'm like, hey, most things that I learned in life, I learned from Ollie Stone's JFK. What can I tell you? That's a
1: typo in the junior novelization of the JFK movie that you read,
0: right? Oh, man, that's awesome. The glossy pictures in the middle were good, and they really (laughs) kind of laid it out for a young audience.
2: Eight pages of full color photographs. I am sold.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then there was a
2: I had the junior novelization of Home Alone, the movie that you most want to read the novelization of. And I... Your
1: parents wouldn't let you watch the movie, right? Right.
2: Well, It was rated PG, so it was pretty adult for me. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, it, like, this is how dumb of a kid I was. <laughs> it, it took me reading the book to realize that Kevin thought he had wished his family away. Oh, you thought it was magic, like a Christmas just, miracle? Just didn't get it. Just didn't get get that that was like what he believed in the movie.
1: The, uh, when he says, I made my family disappear and like winks at the camera, that didn't yeah. get it for you. <laughs> no.
2: Uh, still, uh, jury's still out on that one. Well, personally, I really bottled the egg in order to answer <laughs> <interpret> that mystery. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, personally, I prefer the novelization of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, because they really go into, like, the backstory of the Donald Trump cameo. You know, in the movie, he just, you know, like, just says one line to Kevin. But in the novel, they kind of go into his, like, his history. The and the
1: novel, of- mention that he's just coming from a meeting with Epstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. He's like, hey, little boy, would you like to come to Lolita Island? <laughs> <laughs> Someday, I'm going to be president. <laughs> um cool well i mean boys we've been you know it's kind of the thing that i feel like uh uh, bonded us together is our our interest in this case like um you know brian i remember in college you telling me that like you used to fall asleep to the the jfk playing in the background and i remember we were at you were in town in san francisco and we were at like we were doing we went to a, a a show a comedy show at this place i used to do improv at and we were sitting in the audience right as the lights are about to go down and um we're talking about jfk (laughs) whoa (laughs) and yeah and then you put your hand on my leg and um i was like hey would you like to have some of my popcorn reach way
2: down (laughs) into the
0: Then you yawned and like put your arm around me. Oh, so much. But you turned to we were talking, you turned to me and you're like, so who do you think did it? And I I said, I kind of think it was Oswald. And then you went, I do too. And then the lights went down. But that was a long time ago. So our opinions might have changed. But it was funny that we felt so conspiratorial, admitting to each other that we believed the government version,
2: which I think is It's like it's almost disappointing to to invest so much time into something that is like, you know, uh, this this uh, world historical mystery, Uh, you know, people have devoted their lives to figuring out who really did it and to get to the point where you were like, oh, yeah, it was him.
0: It's just a shitty little crime. It's kind of just like a little Columbine.
2: It's a shitty dude. Mm. Yeah. But who
0: knows, you know? So Gene...
1: were larger forces guiding him toward his destiny. That is yeah. that is the question for conspirators out there.
0: Right. Yeah. He he thought that he had wished Kennedy's head to explode. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm just a Patsy. I didn't shoot him. It was just I didn't realize my wishes. I made the
1: president's head disappear. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then he ordered a JFK's bunch of... girlfriend. woof. Oh, man. Also, Sam Giancana's girlfriend. I'm going to order so much pizza now that the president's dead.
2: Unfortunately, in that version of the story, uh, he did actually spend the night with Fuller, who did pee all over him. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, and, and Fuller was seen in the Texas School Book Depository getting a Coke. So, <laughs> But they call every soda Coke down there, so it was probably a Pepsi.
0: Yeah, I, or a Dr. Pepper. We've said this before, but that to me is like of all the things that haven't been solved. And you know, what happened in Mexico City? You know, Sylvia Odio. You know, you know. Why did the, a third uh, bullet casing just show up? The one that still drives me crazy is what the fuck did he drink? Was it a Dr Pepper or a Coke? So maybe we'll find um, out.
2: In um, I believe I've mentioned this before. In the Jack the Ripper, like Ripperology, they call mm-hmm. it which is a similar level of absolute bonkers devotion to, you know, an an event spanning in that case, like two months. Yeah. Um, They the the ripperologists have come to terms with the fact that, like, they'll never have definitive answers about, like, who it was, um, which which murders were part of the canonical five or uh, canonical murders. And so they have decided that the like next holy grail for them is to find an actual photograph of one of the inspectors on the case because as it is there's only a drawing of him from the <laughs> period and so nobody knows what he actually looked like hmm. And i feel like you know
1: Wait, you so know did, who actually looked like one of the investigators
2: one of the 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 primary investigator, frederick Aberleen, yeah there's only <laughs> is a... he
1: investigating himself is that what the conspiracy theory is <laughs>
2: No, it's just like, oh, shit, we've gotten to dead ends on everything else. Maybe a photograph of this man exists to add Mm. just like another tiny data point to the constellation of data we have right now. Yeah,
0: because the only drawing we have is uh, Alan Moore's From Hell comic
2: book. Yeah, right. Uh, And I feel like we'll get to that point in the JFK assassination where it's just like, was it a Dr. Pepper (laughs) or a slice Maybe he was drinking purple stuff. It's really hard to find the government
0: is going to reopen the case So,
2: yeah. um,
0: And apparently, um, police officer Roger Craig, when you know, when he was investigating the sixth floor, he did see something written on the wall.
1: 49ers running back.
0: (laughs) Yep, exactly. It's all connected. And he saw a graffito on the wall that said the Jews are not never the ones who won't not be never uh, not accused of what did not happen maybe not here but pretty much definitive proof if you ask me (laughs) yeah
2: so gene too bad it was rubbed out before they could take a photo of it yeah exactly
0: so gene i want to pass this one to you um and i thought we would start since we've we've kind of laid out our opinions on the case many many times on our old program
1: should we Um, catch people should we catch people up though for the What was I on the record for? I forget what I said.
0: I think you said it was an inside job.
1: Okay, good, because that's what I still believe.
0: Okay, yeah, you were the more, like, I feel like you were the more conspiratorial one.
1: Yeah, you guys have been drinking the government Kool-Aid for years. You love it. It's so good to you. It tastes Government
0: purple stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm just not as susceptible to propaganda and mind control as you guys are.
0: Yeah, I guess so. So, Brian, were you saying should we give people just like a, a a rundown on on the case or on our our opinions?
2: Uh, I mean, I guess we gave them our opinions.
0: Yeah, I mean, the case is. Hey, is, who gives a shit? Who gives? Everyone a
1: shit? knows the JFK. Yeah, we don't, have, don't have to go into it. Know the broad strokes.
2: Everyone knows that steel doesn't melt at that temperature.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, the Jews not won't never not be named for that anyone either. So I thought we would start with this question um, and and, kind of get it a little more personal. And I feel like we might have asked ourselves this before, but I I feel like it's time to reevaluate. So we'll start with Eugene. What's your favorite JFK assassination theory? Not the one you think is true, but the one you want to be true. The one that if you found out this was true, you could go to sleep tonight.
1: So I have like a kind of a newfound favorite theory. Um, Great. After you organized this, I went deep into the archives. Oh boy, I'm excited for that. Okay, so deep in the archives, I found uh, someone with a lot <laughs> of very strange connections to the Kennedy assassination. Mm. And that was one George Poppy Bush, mm-hmm. HW. Um, George Bush, uh, uh, as you guys may or may not know, was in Dallas the night before and possibly the morning of. He
0: didn't remember way. though when they asked where he was he said uh Dana i do
1: not remember where he was uh which is strange because if you have read his memoirs he shows pretty like bafflingly strong recall on almost yeah. anything else, uh including like the mundane but on the on the most famous where were you for every other american in the world he does <laughs> not remember where he was
2: yeah. very mm-hmm.
1: very uh bizarre and i have kind of Learned that there was a very a pretty vast sort of network of uh, Texas oilmen and, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, Like intelligence people that he was connected. I mean, he himself was in involved in the intelligence CIA in the '60s. Um, Absolutely. Also also headed uh, the Zapata Oil Company, which was basically, um, you know, uh, what an oil drilling like kind of like an internationally minded uh, oil Mm -hmm. drilling. uh, but also kind of basically a cover or like a sort of a kind of money laundering and, um, you know, financier for a lot of like off the books CIA, uh, you know, missions, uh, most particularly in Cuba.
2: To that that point, are we just kind of as a nation now under the uh, assumption that that is basically what all businesses are doing? (laughs) Fronting like, CIA black ops. yeah, Not not necessarily fronting CIA black ops, but but essentially like having a public face and a private face where the public face is, you know, oh, Facebook is a place to connect to people and uh, more privately. It's like, oh, actually, a bunch of Nazis invested in this to make your parents <laughs> uh, all believe that Joe Biden stole the election. Um, like like business is essentially a scam like business is all just a scam and there's the public side of it and the private side of it yeah in the 60s it just so happens that quite a number of these companies were funneling money to cuban revolutionaries or not anti-revolutionaries um whereas uh now it's mostly like oh we need to fund parlor in our spare time right
0: Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I think you're right. And then in addition to like, you know, those those big business interests um, who, you know, had a vested interest in making sure that communism didn't spread uh, into our hemisphere, um, you know, there was obviously and that was connected to the CIA and the mafia because they all had that shared interest. Um, But then there's also and we've done an episode about this in the past. And, you know, John John Darden uh, was talking about this when I was talking to him about JFK a couple nights ago um, is with the Project Mockingjay Uh, with Project uh, Mockingjay. Basically, the CIA had a stranglehold also on, um, you know, the media apparatus of the United States. So, um, you know, it's entirely believable. That these these folks at least had the the means to um, conduct a covert op within our um, within our borders, and then also manipulate the media to sort of get their story out in front of things, so that any other counter myth, as as uh, Ollie Stone would call it, would be sort of like on the offensive rather than the
2: defensive. Um, I, I think I think that. This is good, but uh, one thing that, about Gene's uh, favorite conspiracy that I do want to address is like, while that is odd that he can't remember it, wasn't Nixon also just in Dallas that same day? Correct. uh, Meeting with a bunch of shady oil men? Correct. Wasn't he
1: talking to Pepsi, or as they call it in Texas, Coke?
0: Yeah. (laughs) He was talking to Pepsi, or as they call it in Texas,
1: Studebaker. <laughs> oh wait, or was it Studebaker? But that that the,
2: the, that goes to an interesting point because you know Bush represents a very um, a very different wing and brand of the Republican Party than yes. what Nixon would come to represent. Nixon being a spinoff of, um, you know the. Um, the uh, McCarthyist kind of attitude. Yeah, the more the more uh, the the version of the Republican Party that has won out, won out um, the, uh, you know, scapegoating
0: party, the finger pointing party, essentially. the finger
2: pointing party that realizes that its ability to um, maintain power is to uh, encourage revanchism in white Americans. Yeah, for lack of a, a better word. Um, but uh, it's interesting that both halves of the party bo- or both brand identities of the Republican Party would obviously hate Kennedy and in Nixon's case, hate, hate Kennedy in a very specific and personal way. Right. Um, but that the Poppy Bush like version Eastern of Eastern establishment, the Eastern establishment Wasps. would have would have more of a drive to actually kill him. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think their motives would be much more um, firm in protecting the intelligence apparatus of the country and the business relationships uh, that uh, existed between the CIA and, um, you know, oil, et cetera, Um, as well as the ability, the capability of uh, funding and pulling off an operation like that, whereas the Nixon brand of the party is was more inchoate at the time and less mm-hmm. capable of pulling off some operation like that. And Nixon himself hadn't really taken over in the same way that now Trump has taken over yeah. the, the brand of the party, forcing the Eastern establishment to at least mimic um, some of the... Uh, kind of uh, touchstones that Mm -hmm. Nixon would bring. But to that point, like let's say, Poppy uh, as a representative of the Eastern establishment was behind some nefarious, uh, uh, sorry Gene, were you about to say something? I
1: mean, I wanted to clarify, a representative of the Eastern establishment, but like also like the rapidly like exploding kind of like business Nova that was uh, the sort of Dallas, or sorry, like East, or was it West Texas, uh, kind of like oil interests, mm-hmm. you know, like he'd been kind of like situated there. He's on the like, you know, numerous like Republican chairs, like basically trying to win Texas back, like after yep. Kennedy had taken it from them. Right. Uh, and, uh, and and then he ended up also run, uh, running later for like the Texas Senate. Um, mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I think I really wanted to like, kind of establish like, Kennedy goes to Dallas and like, aside from just being a state that was normally Republican, like, yeah, yeah. just like a huge nexus of very staunch anti-Kennedy, like oil interests and money interests mm-hmm. that like George WHW is like the connecting tissue. like behind. Exactly.
2: But uh, the thing I was going to say to that is if, if Bush uh, is representative of multiple things certainly eastern establishment um i think is the thing that sticks up the most to me but you're right like he explicitly explicitly moved to texas to get rich like yep. and then used those business connections to um his, you know political power yeah. um but like what was the gain you know what was the gain in killing Kennedy because with Kennedy gone, um, they were ostensibly, you know, trying to, uh, you know, remove this person who was, who was doing what? Who was soft on Cuba was the claim, who was soft on communism and who was, you know, a representative of rival, uh, you know, a rival business faction essentially these these irish catholics from boston but what what is interesting is that in 64 um, the you know after kennedy is killed if this powerful faction was like okay and then you know then we're going to take on johnson in the election they why would they nominate put goldwater in there they nominate the cr- fucking craziest person they possibly but trump could trump had his time in a, in a lot of ways the the like proto Nixon of yeah. Goldwater like Nixon was Goldwater cleaned up a bit, um, which undercut the ability of that East Coast faction to um, have control over the party until I mean Reagan also is uh, uh, um, a face of the the sort of I guess now the Trumpier side but then Poppy is his vice president you know a uniting
1: but did Lyndon. Johnson kind of not, weren't didn't basically, weren't his politics basically a uh, sort of swing back to maybe more what like that group would have wanted. I mean, remember like Kennedy, I mean, you could probably clarify this for me, Brian, but like Kennedy, yeah, soft on uh, communism, pulled back on, uh, you know, Cuba intervention, also seemed to maybe like reportedly have doubts about a Vietnam intervention. And then they get Lyndon B. Johnson and also the guy who fired Alan Dulles you know right. and, and yeah. Lyndon B Johnson who by the way is also like you will find has numerous connections to all these like oil guys. Yeah. Um, also reportedly not did not like Kennedy either. You know. He hated especially Bobby.
2: This is the Johnson that has been emerging I think from this series of Cato books just a person who was exclusively devoted to power and yep. had no true ideology and it just so happened that he was like okay civil rights act let's get behind that in right. order to cement our support amongst uh african americans but uh, there was
1: no idealism behind it it was just mm-hmm. votes right votes absolute votes just
0: wants votes it was like it was just the thing he could do that was a something to do really and um if it had been it, if it had been like states rights and uh not integrating which was the prevailing policy that could build that coalition he totally would have gone with that too the whole thing about um uh jfk being like soft on communism to me is just like it 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 reeks of what is happening now like a kind of swift boating of just like it's 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 like saying biden is going to invite antifa into his administration you know It's it's ridiculous. You know, Kennedy hated the communists. He was more willing to say, hey, let's you know, let's strike a deal kind of thing and not just, you know, fight open hot wars because he didn't want to get, you know, uh, troops on the ground in Vietnam. But he definitely wanted to, you know, um, to keep it out of communist hands. So I think that just because and he was definitely working with the CIA to do brutal black ops in in uh in cuba and so the idea that he was somehow against this is 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 totally actually not true it's more that they
1: thought that he wasn't going
0: far enough he's not their guy exactly he they want to just fucking um you know use their power i mean i think that these guys the joint chiefs um all of these guys in the military establishment who may or may not have been the kind of guys who would have been involved in in a coup of this size that people say it could have been. Um, They were the kind of guys we have all this power. Why, you know, why aren't we just fucking using it? You know, and and kind of like how Patton was like, let's just turn our, our fucking tanks around and go after the Russians. And they saw this, this guy who was like, you know, more about his own, you know, his own legacy and, you know, being a powerful person and having everybody like him was not their guy. He wasn't going far enough. Um, And so, that's where I kind of doubt, like mm.
1: well Lee, if I could jump yeah. in here. I think Please, the thing i on. kind of read about Kennedy is that like I think, yeah, like probably almost any other, you know, American political figure at that time, you grow up with like a hatred toward communism, yeah, you know, like a vast distru- like mistrust towards it. Um and, 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 and whether
2: think- whether that is a deep seated belief or a posture, it yeah. kind of doesn't matter. Like you have right. to be.
1: Yep. Right but like so what i wanted to kind of say was is i think kennedy like from what i've read kennedy was i think under like the impression that like that when you know these socialists kind of uh you know countries were being overthrown you know notably like in guatemala yeah. um that they were popular uprisings things you know mm-hmm. like that these were you know, civilians under like a despotic regime. And then like, finally they had like with a little bit of American interventionism on their side, had the means to overthrow these like deeply unpopular, like corrupt leaders. And he had been led to believe that Cuba basically needed some minimal, you know, military assistance, but that the people would rise up up and overthrow Castro. And he found out that like, that was not the case at all. That Castro was a hugely popular guy in (laughs) the And that basically he had been kind of like hoodwinked into, you know, yeah. doing this like bloody kind of like throwover of uh, of Cuba, and like the, I guess that the CIA was just hoping that like once he had one foot in, he would yeah. have no choice right. but to just bomb the shit out of it or something and just really take it back by force. And that's where he felt so deceived, and where we get that famous Kennedy line of like, splinter you know, a thousand pieces, splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces. I mean, yeah, like I I know we should be more cynical towards our leaders, and JFK has gotten like more of a shine than probably any president oh, of ever. Of course. Of course. But I, I mean, I would be willing to believe that, like, yeah, he maybe was starting to have this sort of realization, like, uh yeah, communism is more a threat to American financial interests than it yeah. is to like. At the like freedoms of its cit- actual citizens, you know, which the American propaganda machine wants you to believe.
2: Well, I think I think to that point, I think it's very interesting to talk about Kennedy believing uh, that these were popular uprisings and could be um, um, provoked with very little um, uh, American activity, because it's very believable if you think about it in the sense of like Kennedy was privileged his entire life. Kennedy came from just an immense amount of money and privilege and went to private school and studied in, what was it, Oxford? Um, You know, dad was the, the ambassador to England, like has no idea why a Castro would be popular with the Working class of Cuba yeah. who are who are being totally oppressed by the um, Batista regime, like it would make sense for someone like that to totally um, misapprehend the reasons why a, a a people would have a popular uprising. Right. Um, s- similar similar as we see today, like with the um, um, the recent like elections in Ecuador, which are totally you know, bafflingly misunderstood.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and you know, Dulles and Dick Helms knew this. They knew that they weren't just gonna be able to sprinkle fairy dust into fucking Cuba and that suddenly everyone was gonna turn on Castro. They knew that, like you said, that it would take, you know, uh, more support, overt support from the military to actually uh, to do this. And of course it would be relatively easy, um, considering our military superiority and since this was, um, you know, before they had all of the missiles and in, in that Soviet support there. So it would make sense that the joint chiefs and Dulles and these guys they thought he was so inexperienced and so soft, like because of all the stuff that you were talking about, that they would be able to manipulate him. They're like, oh, this dumb kid, you know, he's coming in. He's just, you know, he, he's all about himself and we'll be able to manipulate him because he doesn't know enough about the situation. And I think that they severely underestimated him. And I think he was a a a, a pretty brilliant guy and he had a lot of brilliant, um, perhaps too brilliant for their own, their own good uh, people like McNamara working with them. And they managed to to get out of that situation and they managed to get out of the, the Cuban missile crisis without firing a, a shot. And like you said, he wasn't their guy. And I think that JFK, if anybody, and maybe this is the mytho- mythologizing, like you're talking about Gene, but if there was anybody who would have been able to say, Hey, you know what? I'm anti-communist, but I also realize that peace is important. So let's work together to, to, to find a solution to this cold war. And of course, when he's gone, it just explodes into fucking, into a mess and, and we're in Vietnam and, and then we get Watergate and all this crap. So-,
2: so you're you're basically saying only Kennedy could not go to China. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, I, I think that's interesting to bring up the Cuban Missile Crisis and the inability or the assumption by these um, kind of legends of the military industrial uh, complex Oh, I need to mute my phone. I'm sorry. Um, during the uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, Curtis LeMay of all people, Ugh. who had planned essentially the uh, entire firebombing of Japan during World War II, yep. um, and on whose staff at that time was a young Robert McNamara. Mm-hmm. During the Cuban Missile Crisis, he amongst others was proposing like, oh, yeah, we just we're go just going to go in. We are going to bomb Cuba, which I think we all can see now would have been uh, there would have been retaliation immediately. Yeah. And um, there is this like weird interaction between he and Kennedy mm. um, that I'm remembering from the film 13 Days. But it's it did in actually the, it's happen. in the Johnson
1: he in Le- L- or he is in McNamara.
2: It's in the Pardon? transcripts of the tapes.
0: It's in the transcripts of the tapes, yeah.
2: exactly. Curtis Lemay was in the Oval Office talking to um, uh, uh, Bobby and Ken and Jack and like whoever the else was moral. there. The office,
1: offices, I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> the Clinton um, room
2: under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said something like, uh, he, "You know, he is trying to scare JFK, and he's explaining all of these things and." you know, what dangers there are. And he says, you're in a hell of a mess, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. And um, Kennedy responded like, you're you're in this with me, uh, almost to underscore the degree to which, you know, LeMay is trying to strong arm this kid as he sees it into yep. going in. Whereas Kennedy, who, you know, uh, I don't think this is a bit of romanticization, but like, had the integrity to stand up to someone like that yeah. in that in that moment and and for the better,
0: and we frankly haven't had a president that's brave like that since Dealey. You know that's kind of my thing is no one has, everyone has, no well, one has I, tried to fundamentally change that or challenge that establishment since that moment. Um, I and, would, I, uh, hot
2: take incoming. Okay, good. Okay. I would say that Trump is probably the only one. Who, who does. You're absolutely yes. right. You're because absolutely right.
1: <laughs> he is working with John F. Kennedy Jr. to bring back the American, the next American chapter that John F. Kennedy started. <laughs> but
2: it, it, it's it's more to do with the fact that he just does not give a fuck. Yeah, and it's advantageous
0: to him to just say that because, because Clinton his, did the opposite and Biden his, did the opposite.
2: Yeah, his goals are so different from um so many of these other presidents that we would analyze in that way like it, it 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 for whatever it is like obama certainly has an ego but he wasn't making making decisions about working with the intelligence agencies to increase his appeal or look yeah. better on TV,
0: and JFK um, certainly was. I mean, he was. It's been said by others that he was one of those great man, great men of history kind of people. He didn't see history through the the through the lens of you know popular uprisings or revolution or or what the people were thinking. For him, history was defined by. Uh, by its historical figures, and so he wanted to establish himself as a strong historical figure, and so he's sort of he, he has a sort of uh, a megalomania that is parallel to Trump's, but is for a completely different reason. His is because of his his interest in history and his his desire to be part of it, whereas Trump it's just his interest in himself, which will now make him a huge figure in the history of our country for better or for worse. I mean,
2: I, I think that's a good point, and I want to point out like the two. Um, uh, highest profile pieces of writing that uh, John F. Kennedy produced were his um, why uh, his English. college,
1: yeah, were his
2: English thesis, which was later turned into a book about the Munich uh, Agreement yeah. and why England slept. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: why I slept with everyone in England, and then my dad self-published this book. <laughs>
2: um, but uh, which which was very focused on the individuals who participated in. Uh, the, the the signing of the agreement yeah as well as profiles of courage which is just like look at these heroes
0: yeah and I think Sor I think Sorensen wrote those right or sorry Sorensen I think probably wrote the second one
2: I don't know enough about uh, or maybe uh, it was
0: Pierre Boulle. I, I think yeah Aaron, I, I've heard him um, or uh, yeah Salinger who one of those one of those guys that wrote JD Salinger yeah. JD Salinger. <laughs> <laughs> who wrote Kennedy's uh, Kennedy's speeches. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, he stood up to these guys um, like Curtis LeMay because he knew that there was another solution around this because he wanted to to hold back communism but also look like a good guy. He wanted it all. And um, and he knew that this was a game of chess um, using the people of the world as, as the pieces. And he knew that if, the, yeah, they could bomb Cuba easily. But then we know Khrushchev would have Khrushchev would have moved into West Berlin and that would have been the counter move. And we wouldn't be able to say anything about it. We wouldn't be able to be outraged because we had just done the same thing and it wouldn't be better off for any of us. So he's he stopped it.
2: It's interesting because Khrushchev would have done that sort of in the, in the anti-Kennedy way in order to appease the, all of the people around him who are hardliners. Yep. Because that's, that was who Khrushchev was.
0: Yeah, because they were stuck. Yeah, they were sort of stuck in that, that same situation. And I think fundamentally Kennedy knew it was in the best interest of everyone not to blow up the fucking world. Whereas the Lemays of the world, they just saw things in terms of, of pure, raw military power. Which I guess you could say is the ultimate and only way you can view the Earth because it ultimately decide what happens. But it is a a a very narrow view of the world that can only cause destruction, death, and and
1: was Curtis Lemay basically General Turgidson from uh, Doctor Strangelove. I, I yes. was I was about
2: to say I can't recall if this is from the movie or from <laughs> real life. <laughs> but it's that quote it's that quote if uh at the end of this there are two americans left and one russian that Mm -hmm. means we win
0: yeah well we all Uh, know uh, we all know stanley kubrick
2: faked the
0: the missile crisis (laughs) oh boy yeah that's that's fun um
1: that's That's fine i
0: like that as
2: a summary to uh, everything (laughs) everything that we just said it's um Thomas S. Power, uh, who was the commander-in-chief of the Strategic Air Command, he, uh, so in his article, it says, when Rand proposed a counterforce strategy, which would require blah, 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 itself from striking Soviet cities at the beginning of the war, of a war, if a hot war broke out, power countered with restraint. Why are you so concerned with saving their lives? The whole idea is to kill the bastards. At the end of the war, if there are two Americans and one Russian left alive, we win. So it wasn't LeMay, but someone of his ilk who said that. And it's, I think it's uh, its interesting to me at least, like I, c- I couldn't divorce that from Dr. Strangelove because if Doctor Strangelove, in that movie, yeah. if Doctor, if Doctor Strangelove has a failing, it is that the things that it is satirizing are like out of control bonkers, and there's no like next level of parodying them. Yeah, which is why Doctor Strangelove had to have a lot of sex jokes.
0: Yep. And- <laughs> And beautiful Ken Adam sets. I, I, I don't think it's a mistake that Ken Adam, the uh, I think he like survived the Holocaust, he, he was uh, a, a a Jewish art designer and came to the United States and he designed all of those original James Bond oh. bad guy layers, like all of the, uh, the volcano with the monorail and the rocket ship and all this amazing shit. And he also did did strange love. So strange love is like it's kind of like taking social critique of what was actually happening at that time, and and elevating it to the craziness of like Bond villainy, and like, that's, why that's why it still works.
1: Operation Paperclip,
0: right? Oh yeah, I mean, Strange Love himself is 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 the ultimate Operation Paperclip guy, and doesn't he like Zig Heil and like he has to like push his hand down? Oh, whoops! I forgot. I'm not a Nazi anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, circling back to you know what who means motive and um and and who benefits right like why would it benefit them to take out jfk like like you said
1: yeah is it putting too fine a point on it do we know all this about like the fallout of the bay of pigs invasion just like not just as a missed kind of you know uh yeah. military opportunity but a missed financial opportunity oh yeah 100 in, percent. in my research i came across the name of a very interesting company it is known as the Cuban-Venezuelan Oil Voting Trust Company. Wow! A, Sounds a legit. Very a very hotly traded uh, uh, commodity on the uh, New York Stock Exchange. Um, they had. Hold on! Not,
2: I need to call my broker. Yeah, the New York <laughs> yeah. Stock Exchange. Bye
1: bye bye. <laughs> they had the rights to about fifteen million acres uh, in Cuba. For oil exploration, that is like half of fucking Cuba, fifteen yeah. million. They basically lost all of it after uh, the Bay of Pigs fell out. Yep. Uh, again, on the this was like basically a ton of oil interests, lots of friends, business partners, Yale buddies of George uh, H. W. Bush, and it had a very interesting uh, kind of liaison. One George de Mooringshilt. Am I pronouncing that right?
0: Oh, yeah. interesting. Oswald's uh, anti-communist homie who was also a Texas oil man and a, a crazy eccentric who would do things like show up at a cocktail party wearing scuba suits.
2: Like a, he was like a white <laughs> Russian who, yes. uh, who had ties to the you know fallen Romanov family.
1: Yep. Right. This guy has like a lot of interesting connections to the Bush family. Um, he His family had married into the hooker family, uh, Come on, nothing? Nothing? None of you going to jump in there?
0: (laughs) General Hooker from the Civil War was that general on the Union side who was known for uh, bringing uh, uh, ladies of the night to his troops to, you know, enjoy themselves, which I think is where the term Hooker came from. So is that who you're talking about?
1: I don't know about that guy's connection, but... um the, the Demorin Schultz had kind of married into this family after emigrating from Russia. Like, right. uh, I mean, as, as you know, these guys, this was like, they were part of a larger community of rich Russians who were basically driven out by the Bolsa, uh, Bolshevik revolution.
0: Yeah. The expatriates, the kind of equivalent of the anti-Castro Cubans. This was the, like the Russian version of that community.
1: Right. And, and a very but, large but a community, of- a, a
2: community that had uh, somewhat settled into the fact that like, okay, Russia is gone.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, let's let's spread our influence elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right, and a large, a big faction of that community had actually moved into Texas. I mean, a lot of, you know, their money had been oil money in Russia, kind of made sense to move into, you know, into Dallas, or sorry, into Texas. And um, so, George de Mortenchild's older brother, Dimitri, marries uh, Betty Hooker. Betty Hooker is the mother of,
2: I forgot fucking
1: son's name. Betty Hooker was the mother of uh, an old friend of George H. W. Bush's. They were uh, they were roommates uh, at Phillips Andover Academy. They went. Tommy Lee Jones. What? Is it Tommy Lee Jones? (laughs) Yeah, Tommy Lee. Be
2: still my heart.
1: Uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones' role in that movie was to make uh the characters in the satellite in, or in uh Lee Harvey's uh Lee Harvey Oswald's orbit so ridiculous that people would never buy that some, <laughs> something like that would be pulled off. Uh, uh, but no, so uh yeah, George H.W. Bush uh knows this sort of like scion of the Hooker family like for decades. Um never mentions this guy in any of his memoirs, even though he like mentions far less like marginal figures in his books mm. uh but yeah george hw bush would have known been very very familiar with uh george de morin schilt mm.
0: yeah i mean they're in that same sphere and i think this is the thing you know you look at history and you think you know is this all just randomness or is this some like vast lizard people conspiracy to um to control the republic and the world.
2: And you and, gotta decide
0: it is those lizard people. It is those lizard people. And um but when you think about it, it doesn't have to necessarily be some behind the scenes conspiracy. Let's face it, there are powerful power <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> there are powerful people who um happen to have aligned interests and and they don't have to call each other up and say, hey, we're gonna kill Kennedy or we're going to take over the country. It's just kind of the natural flow of things. So you take someone like George H.W. Bush, and he is the perfect example of a person who is high profile enough that we can sort of use him as the um, Hill Valley Valley clock tower of um, American 20th century history to sort of show how everything and everyone kind of connects. And so you have this guy who is like clearly using Zapata oil as a front for some sort of anti-communist activity uh, going on in uh, in Latin America, whose family got all this this money from both oil, but also doing business with the Nazis and all this kind of stuff. And then this guy, you know, whoops suddenly and then and then kennedy's gone and suddenly and then johnson drops out and then nixon gets to be elevated and then nixon gets wrapped up in watergate and watergate you know halderman says actually the you know, the Bay of Pig thing he's he's mentioning in the smoking gun tape that's actually related back to Kennedy and all of those those anti-communist activities. And, of course, that had also involved George Bush. Then, of course, he resigns. And then Gerald Ford comes in and pardons him. Gerald Ford was also on the Warren Commission. He's the guy who admitted he moved the wounds for clarity. So he specifically said, I was part of a cover up uh, in the Warren Commission. He pardons Nixon. Then he appoints George H.W. Bush to the c to the head of the cia who says i've never worked with the cia even though we have documentation from hoover saying george bush of the cia was briefed about anti -anti anti-castro activities in dallas okay right after the assassination and then this guy be, becomes vice president because there's this weird blip in the chain of the succession of this weird Hollywood actor guy that they figured they can just use covers up Iran Contra and then becomes uh, president appoints a a Supreme court justice or two. Then his son uh, is about to lose the election. Some of those Supreme court justices hand the race to him. Then um, basically an attack happens that um, could have been prevented. Um, it leads us into war and it benefits financially. All of these people um that have been with you know all of the the dick cheneys who have been with this whole line of republican succession the whole time now they don't have to call each other to say let's conspire okay it just happens right in front of us that the men in power direct their power to stay in power and control the fate of the world and and i make myself sound crazy when i'm just saying this to myself but i can't admit that it's not true because it is
2: Are you saying that um, there was not a meeting uh, of Studebaker officials uh, to get together and say, we need to kill Kennedy so that we can cause Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) 9-11? And it's
2: all predicted in Back to the Future. Um, uh, Let me introduce a counterpoint because this is something- uh, this is something that I've been reading about a lot. I've been uh, just uh, just uh, balls deep reading <laughs> about uh, the First World War. And there is just this real quirk uh, at the very beginning of the war that uh, I keep thinking about. So, um, Franz Ferdinand is assassinated and the various great powers are uh, moving towards mobilization and therefore war. And... In uh, France, uh, as with all of these um, countries, uh, there are pretty robust socialist organizations Hmm. and political parties. And they, you know, there had been a number of uh, false alarms uh, before the First World War, where it looked like there would be a general continental war. And the socialist parties had all gotten together and said, if these if a war is threatened we will uh, advocate a general strike to prevent yeah. it and in you know germany and france certainly the socialist parties were the largest and most powerful parties france had a weird situation at the time but uh The leader of the French Socialists was this guy Jean Jaurès and he had already like sprung into action um, in order to kind of rally the socialist parties to um, think about implementing a general strike. And uh, he had just come back from a meeting I believe in Belgium where he had met with international socialists to... um, to uh, cause a strike and he was sitting in a cafe eating and someone walked up behind him and shot him twice in the head, dead. Mm. Later th- later that day, um, the, the Germans declared war on France and the war was off to the races. And instead of protesting and implementing a general strike, the socialist parties of the various countries actually uh, signed agreements in order to not do so and to encourage their members to participate in the war effort and in mobilization. The guy who shot him, um, whose last name weirdly weirdly was villain, which <laughs> is spelled exactly like villain, um, was acquitted of murder. He just nice. walked free.
1: And bad guy. <laughs>
2: and, uh, and later uh, moved to Spain where uh, in the 30s, the town he was living in was taken over by- uh, Pablo Picasso? No, it was taken over by Republic forces. And when they found out that this guy who had assassinated this, uh, this prominent socialist was living, they murdered him. Nice. Uh, Got him. It seems got his ass. (laughs) It seems so uh, weird to think like, okay, there's just this random dude walked up to a cafe, shot this guy, and helped out all of the powers that be to such an incredible extent that they, one of their, uh, you know, dominant roadblocks was now out of the way for going to war. And which is the thing that all of the people in power were were looking towards? Um, of course, that's a an exaggeration. And it seems like oh, it's another situation where we would have to look into it and be like, where is the conspiracy there? Like, obviously something was up, but it, it, there isn't one because it turns out that they know quite a bit about this dude, and he lived. He wasn't assassinated in a in a parking garage, um, and yeah he was just such a french nationalist that up until that day he had been planning to try to get to germany to kill the kaiser like that was his plan could not figure out how to do it and so instead he just decided to kill Jarez. like his second option was Jarrez.
0: so like how oswald If you follow that, that he was the lone gunman. Well, first he wanted to kill Edwin Walker, but that didn't work out. And then there was another time where I think he even had a plan to like hijack a plane and kill Nixon or something, which Sam Bick also tried to do later. Um, And that Kennedy was just kind of his shot. So even if like Kennedy was technically a more way more liberal than Uh, than Edwin Walker it's like well this is just my fucking shot I hate the establishment this I hate this country I hate cops I hate everybody I'm just gonna fucking whack this guy which is funny because he and I was saying this the other day like Oswald is very much like a he's very much like a modern online troll you know what I mean and the whitest kids you know, they do this this sketch where he's like up in the sixth floor, the de- uh, uh, depositor of the depositor, and he's got his gun. He's like, "Fatality, headshot," and and it's like that is exactly who Oswald. Oswald will totally be swatting his friends on Call of Duty right now. And <laughs> so I think he's kind of like a he's very much like a a, a proto Columbine. So some people look at this and they see it as this vast conspiracy. And I can sometimes talk myself into that, but then I also, when I just look at Oswald and see him through the lens of young disaffected men, I see exactly who he is. And Mm. he's one of these little bullshit kind of Columbine trolls. And and it it points to the fact that this is just a tawdry little shitty crime by this tawdry little shitty person. Um, And yeah, I can talk myself into a conspiracy all the time but then i also just like i can talk myself into thinking you know god created the heaven and the earth and then took a break on the fucking weekend um
2: but and just that that's that's just your your faith.
1: i'm not like a am uh, not like a third you know grassy knoll gunman level conspiracy theorist. yeah my belief is that, is in that like oswald was sort of identified yeah. by you know people in the intelligence community and, and groomed Yeah, basically who could be groomed to assassinate Kennedy. I mean, a guy just like with an amazing backstory, you know, who knows how far back the grooming goes if he sort of just kind of came like with this like amazing kind of backstory already like, you know, enlisted in the military. He's
0: obsessed with communism. Air
1: base in Japan, where he has like a unique kind of access to the uh, U-2 spy plane, uh, which he may have leveraged to get into Russia, uh-huh. uh, into communist Russia, and then he- Gary Powers gets shot down. Yeah, and then Gary Powers gets shot down and he kind of maybe decides that he doesn't want to be there anymore, wants to move back to America. Uh, and, you know, he sort Greece, of- They grease
2: the, the the diplomatic wheels in order to allow that to happen. Right, you know, to yep. get him
1: back in. And then he's placed in Texas. And then he kind of ends up like, uh, George DeMortenshield had testified to the uh, uh, Warren Commission that he was sort of given a heads up about lee harvey oswald about six months before he actually (laughs) talked to him like that's a lot of like basically i forget who whose connector was but kind of said like hey there's this guy that's going to be coming out of russia we'd like you to just kind of like keep tabs on him see what he's doing and And this is like six full months before he gets there like that is just like an incredible amount of runway for a, a guy who may have been like who officially was regarded of almost no consequence you know exactly
0: and this is where it becomes hard for me to, like, deny the inclination that there could be a conspiracy. Because, I, you know, I look at the crime and I'm like, where it's like, I see it just on its base level. And I'm like, yeah, it's a tawdry little crime. This kid could have done the shooting. He probably had this rifle, whatever. But then you see all these connections and you're like, well, if, if that is true, there just seems to be enough accumulating that he was connected to this world. And there was all these kind of weird things that that you know was he a fake defector uh for our side or for their side that it just becomes hard to like accept that he was living in a vacuum there's, which is there's course- so much
1: that's hard to ignore lee like with especially with demor and Schult. i mean a guy who along with his wife showed like a very unusual amount of interest in the personal lives of the oswalds like this wasn't like just like
0: and her teeth specifically
1: yeah right uh, yeah i guess as you know what his wife drove marina oswald like an hour to a dentist appointment to get like her teeth fixed like i mean these guys they like they help them like get child care like uh
0: mm-hmm. and ruth you know, Payne. uh yeah he their family
1: had... oswald, like find work they help them find housing like think of any really rich person you know <laughs> or have ever heard of like why would they take such an interest in like these poor people like who by all accounts were like very ungrateful and difficult people to be around. Right. They if they took
0: in John Walker Lind, for example. What's that? He was that guy who like joined the Taliban or something. It would be like almost like bringing him in and like and, and and putting him on Real Housewives of the Potomac and be like, look at this guy, we love him. I don't know, Brian, what do you think to all this? Because you're the most rational of the three of us. Um, I
2: don't know if that's true.
0: Uh... <laughs> Gene's cute and funny. You're rational, and I, I look like I could. I'm at any
2: minute about to go off the handle. I—I—I <laughs> I, I think that um, without having an opinion on it, um, I think that what you're identifying, Gene, is the reason it's so compelling. Because there's yeah. just like there are too many details that you can't let go, and even in coming to the conclusion that Lee and I have, and I still have it, that it was Oswald, um, it's, there is enough uh, surrounding it that makes it forever interesting. And certainly a lot of the conclusions that I've come to uh, are related to, you know, or inspired by other beliefs that I have, where I have come to a point of understanding the investigation in Dallas and the investigation of the crime, um, as being, just the Dallas PD covering its ass and doing a typical job of a shitty self-serving investigation, um, it just so happens that it's the most studied case in all of history. So if you are approaching it from the perspective of like, the police were (laughs) were trying to solve the case, it's very different than if you're approaching it from, oh the the Dallas police are just trying to make sure they come out of this okay.
0: Right cuz Jess uh, Curry was a fucking moron and Fritz I mean, was not smart much smarter either. And, and you know they were like Fritz of course after Oswald gets clipped is like we were about to we were about to fucking get him to admit it. Though no, no he wasn't he stonewalled them for a couple days and then when the when the the doctor said hey do you have anything to admit Oswald Trigger said no and fucking died. Well
2: it's it's uh you don't have to be smart, and we've learned, or or it has become more commonly accepted that the police are not smart. The police are just <laughs> are, are just people who work to uh, protect the property of uh, of uh, upper class uh, people and right. businesses. And, like, by the way,
0: the um, the, sorry to interrupt, but the comedy cellar here in Long Beach was boarded up the night before the election. Was like, what do you think? Someone's gonna break into the comedy cellar yeah. and like steal eight by tens of uh, you know, Kathy Griffin or something. And that's exactly what the cops are there to stop. Like, we gotta make sure that these eight by tens aren't stolen by these Antifa bastards, anyway. Sorry.
2: Um, but yeah, it's it's like. If you're assuming that there was a conspiracy to kill Kennedy, it's easy to see a lot of the the um, fucked up shit that happened in the investigation um, as evidence of um, interference from above or uh, nefarious actors ha- uh, participating in it. If you know, like me, you're you're like, oh well, the the investigation of the crime is much less important to a lot of these people. Fritz, of course, um, other uh, members of the Dallas business community and stuff, just like, oh, OK, we need to make sure that we come out of this good. Um, a lot of it falls into place. Which one is true is uh, the one that's more satisfying to you personally. And I think that right. there there is another similar explanation to um a lot of the stuff that we would see in the the Oswald getting you know having the wheels greased for him to get back into uh the country um yeah. him being befriended by the Moren Schultz like those are evidence of nefarious things but the motives aren't necessarily to eventually kill Kennedy the the motives are tied more into general right wing uh goals yeah uh and if you want to get rid of kennedy there's easier ways to do it and hoover was
0: already working on it i mean like you know it's much easier instead of killing the guy and having all these crazy conspiracies to 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 get it done wouldn't it just be much easier to just like release some some you know pictures of of him with uh you know a a mistress or something like that and ruin his reputation and get him out of the way
1: i guess lead to answer that you know (laughs) like, <laughs> okay. Sort of like, yeah. So yeah, that gets brought up a lot. Like, why do you kill? Why do you do it like this? Why do you do it so out in the open? You know, something that could invite so much mistrust, like, and, I, and the answer would seem to be that, yeah, because Kennedy was sort of publicly crossing the CIA. I mean, I think the CIA keep us yep. in all this. We're talking about sort of like GOP and like money interests, but the CIA is a big part of this. The CIA, you could also look at as a company that is looking out for its own interests, looking out for like its own kind of, you know, its own annual budget and its ability to, yeah. you know, take its operations and power and influence and leverage that into like, you know, the financial interest of the individual actors. Like it's kind of known that a lot of people that worked for the CIA also used, you know, their operations to enrich themselves, whether it was like investing in a uh, sugar cane plantation or yeah. know, a company or an oil company that was going to benefit from a military intervention
0: or blackmailing the Nixon administration. Yeah, but
1: you know, the uh, um, the CIA at this time, you know, which was basically the Dulles brothers family business, like their, yeah. their biggest thing was to basically do uh, coups. Like that is how they instituted change, was to overthrow right. or assassinate a political leader. And I think it makes sense that they would say like, why don't we just assassinate this guy?
0: they had the apparatus already in place for executive action and they just had to use it domestically if we follow
1: that. Yeah. And they do it so publicly. I mean, they shoot this guy just in front of everybody. And it's I I think it's almost like a a message that they're sending to any future president. Do not fuck with us. Like, this is how brazen we are. We will just shoot you like in broad daylight, you know?
0: Yeah. And I always say that even if that wasn't the message being like explicitly stated, I think the message was received. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, America is sort of murder incorporated. We are a sort of like more business-minded PG thirteen empire. We we don't we don't necessarily just go into Iraq and take over and set up our own government, but we'll work to set up as much influence as we can. You know what I mean? We don't go and conquer Guatemala. But we'll go in and you know help with a with a coup and i think that this is the key that i try to get across when i talk about the kennedy assassination that like the the oswald is such a small part of this larger picture of what our government was doing during the cold war in latin america and elsewhere and that we only found out About this crazy uh, ecosystem of assassination that was sponsored by our own government in the 70s um, with, you know, uh, with church committee, HSCA, and all that kind of stuff. So that always and I use that to bring home the point that whatever we're doing right now, we're not going to learn about it. uh, You know, for 10 or 15 or 20 years or ever, you know, Um, so. We have to understand this history to put it in context so that even if it was Oswald completely acting on on his own, it's still in a way. The fault of all of these people that this was not a random act that occurred It was like, oh, wow, this Oswald kid just suddenly it's part of a very specific set of circumstances that were put into place by the intelligence apparatus of our country uh, with the help of business and with the help of organized crime and with the help of the FBI, basically putting the lid on it. And and here's the thing, some people try to clinch a assassination just based, on, or I'm sorry, people try to clinch the conspiracy based on the shooting, okay? Oswald could not have done the shooting, it had to be somebody else or more people, case closed, it's a conspiracy.
1: I don't necessarily- Yeah, that stuff, that I, I mean, yeah, shooting. I totally believe he was the guy that, you know, like, yeah. by himself, he was capable of doing it, I mean, all, the investigate mm-hmm. that is kind of where the uh, the only part of the uh warren commission investigation i find really satisfactory i <laughs> guess is the actual okay. shooting uh but it seems like they pull up short on a lot of investigations like uh, when they interviewed demoran schultz they just really don't follow yes. up on any of his like he's sort of just identified as this kind of like kind of man about town that will do, kind of travel the world a lot and do deals but they like Never really follow up on any of the other coincidences in his life that he is kind of—he's president of Haiti shortly before the the uh, overthrow of, of uh for the attempted coup of yeah. uh, Papa Dr Valier, or that he was you know kind of near the planning operations for the overthrow of Guatemala, uh, and then also for Cuba. Like all of these all of these connections are ignored. I mean, yeah, never in his uh, connections to George H W Bush. Never really followed up. He's just sort of this, like, random dude that sort of, like, felt bad for Lee Hart. Like, a guy who just, like, spends his whole life, yeah, traveling around, hanging out with aristocratic families, but then feels sorry for this one random, like, uh, poor guy in Texas and takes, <laughs> like, yeah. in a highly unusual interest in his life. Let, you know? just
2: just, just... Um... To play devil's advocate, uh, I think there could possibly be an interesting uh, explanation for those lapses in the investigation. And that would be that the people carrying out the uh, investigation, including
1: uh, Earl Warren and- And uh, Alan Dulles, <laughs> who was rehired by Lyndon B. Johnson after he was sworn in as president.
2: Alan Dulles, uh, is the their assumption as they investigate things that they're like ooh we might that avenue might prove problematic right because we know what a man about town actually is we're not saying it out loud but we're assuming he's got secrets that don't need to be uh investigated and thrown into the open so let's just focus on this so the goodwill they're offering him in assuming assuming like oh yeah you had this valid friendship with a man who was a representative of a class and a demographic that you had zero interaction with before this guy? Uh, yeah, seems good. Seems seems fine. Let's move on. I even if they weren't um, actively attempting to cover up uh, assassination-related crimes or facts, I I would just assume that they were acting out of the interest that. Uh, the interest and the perspective that they had grown into in becoming parts of the various apparatuses of the U.S. government and what the U.S. government truly serves.
1: Right, right. You know, that's a great point. And obviously, there would be a limit in how far they would want to, for reasons not really even connected to the assassination or being implicated in. Right. right. They just wouldn't want other kind of things coming out.
0: Um, yeah, and, and to sort of support Buttress and wrap that up into what we were saying earlier in the same way that the shooting can't clinch a conspiracy I do think that the actions of people like Dulles and Hoover um, And specifically their activities inside and uh, corresponding with the Warren Commission do clinch a cover-up I think the fact that um, You know, I've uh, uh, Warren Commission uh, attorney howard willens who i met a few years ago you know named he admits the cia what yeah name drop <laughs> well, yeah uh that he admits the cia and the fbi lied to us okay and we know for a fact that there was a threatening note we don't know exactly what it, it said from oswald to the fbi office there in texas and that was destroyed at the order of hoover so I don't think you can necessarily clinch a conspiracy there, but you can clinch a cover up. And, and, and that's what I always that's my position is like there was clearly a cover up and I can't tell if they were covering up a conspiracy or they were just covering up all of these compromising connections that would basically expose everything that we're talking about right now. So I had another question for you guys, and I don't know how much time you have, but you know I'm glad that we were able to find this time together, and you know uh, we agreed on 11 a.m. and uh, Gene, I actually picked that time, assuming that you would be late, and so we could start at 11:22.
1: Oh, was I that late? I lost. No, no, no,
0: no. It's just a joke. Oh. You know, we I asked what your favorite. Um, jfk assassination conspiracy theory was and then we just went off on a tangent no it was good it was
2: it was all related the like poppy bush at the center of the american century i think is uh it's a good lens to to evaluate stuff
1: Can i just say for uh the viewers or listeners that would like because there's <laughs> just like a ton of bush stuff we just didn't even get go uh, get to get into yeah. Check out this website, whowhatwhy.org. They have, like, 10- Check out
2: this website, wikipedia.org.
1: <laughs> Loosechange.org. Uh, they, there's, like, this great, like, 10-part uh, article on all of just, like, the fascinating connections uh, upon connections that uh, Poppy Bush has um, to the Oswald assassination
0: very interesting. And Russ Baker's book too.
1: Russ Baker is the guy who yeah, this is Russ Baker.
0: He's oh, yes, this is the guy. He's The writer of the article. Yeah, I don't believe I don't believe everything he says, but he's done the leg.
1: It's meticulously researched for. Sure.
0: Well, yeah, I think Russ Baker is one of those guys in in both the conspiracy theory, I guess you could call it, um, but also the JFK specifically uh ecosystem of of researchers. It's the people who they put in the work whether it's analyzing you know, the, the photographs or the, the intelligence connections between all the individuals involved. There's so many people who've done amazing work whose opinion I complete, whose conclusions I completely disagree with. So I think that that's the, the key is you can read all kinds of stuff of people with opposing opinions and, and, and learn something from the work that they've done, but always form your own opinion. Um, what is one time in your life, where your knowledge or interest in the Kennedy assassination has negatively affected your life
1: well being on having to do this podcast I guess would be number <laughs> <laughs> Good night folks <laughs> uh,
2: I I mean here's here's what I would offer um, without being able to say to reference a specific time <sighs> like the interest in the Kennedy assassination is, is clearly um, prompted by interest in all these other things, like understanding the way things really work, understanding the way power functions, understanding the history of the country and uh, how that relates to the sociology of today. And like all of that is bad. Like all of that makes you feel bad. Uh, to To look at things and come to the conclusion that uh, um, dark uh, and um, irresponsible people are in charge of most things and most organizations uh, is not a, a an encouraging thought. And to 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 take my explanation of the JFK assassination and to take the um, the discrepancies in the Warren report and the Dallas investigation um, on. Their face it's like oh uh, the people in charge of things are looking out for themselves only they aren't interested in actually doing the job that they're assigned to do investigating things to their fullest uh, extent or even pursuing justice they are just in favor of getting a story that works uh for the majority of people that they want to protect uh that sucks that sucks to have to have that be your jumping off point. And it's certainly, you know, it's, it's having that, uh, that pattern of, of uh, interpretation to, to like, look at any situation and then consult your Rosetta stone and say like, Oh, this person in power just wanted to uh, fuck someone he shouldn't have, or wanted to raise this money in a way where he couldn't be taxed on it or et cetera, et cetera. Like it sucks to come to that realization. And whether or not that's always true, I don't know, because I can only look at things through that kind of cynical light. Um, and so that's why I, I like spend my free time. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, looking at pictures of puppies or reading, <laughs> uh, reading jokes. Like that, that stuff is a, is a balm well, to having to think constantly like, oh, Everything sucks. Yeah.
0: Well, to your point about, is it always true? I would go back to one of my favorite college professors, Dr. Indiana Jones, who said um, that archaeology is the search for fact. Who said, who who blinked at you and said, I want you you." (laughs) Archaeology, and I would say any type of history, is the search for fact. If it's truth you want, Dr. Tyree's philosophy class is right down the hall. Um, and I like that we mix up sort of fact and philosophy uh, whenever we get together, and I hope we get together again soon. So let's uh, let's close it out. And we always say, um, you know, was it an inside job or not? And I have a little son on the way, and we have a whole new generation of people whose minds are going to be warped by however this event is is going to be interpreted by history. So I want to say, if a young person came to you and asked if JFK was an inside job, what would you say?
1: My opinion has not changed. I think it was an inside job by a conglomerate of uh, CIA. Uh, yes. Um, Wall Street, uh, GOP, Texas oilmen, men, and uh, to a slightly lesser degree, uh, uh, organized crime forces. Nice.
0: Okay. And then you tell the little kid, hey, you want to ride in my car without a seatbelt on? <laughs> it's fun. All right. Uh, Brian, what would you tell the guy? I
1: mean, I no, and then I tell that boy that, uh, they're, if, uh, if I don't kill myself, uh, they will. And I, uh, <laughs> run a hose from my tailpipe to my, uh, <laughs> to the inside of my car.
0: Nice. And then you went to the firm. Oh, wait, no, that's the client.
1: Yeah, I was making a client reference. Okay, good. I'd rather do that than uh, suffer the unfortunate fate that uh, DeMoren did, who uh, curiously suicided himself with a shotgun before he was called to testify before the uh, what was it, the House Committee on a set on the uh, J. Yeah. The church. House Select.
0: House Select. Yeah. And do you know what journalist was there? A young Bill O'Reilly later wrote the book killing bill o'reilly
1: who claimed that he heard the shotgun blast go <laughs> yes, off outside he's... which was later proven to be false.
0: <laughs> uh. you know he's done like killing custer, killing reagan who wasn't killed and and all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> I hope that when he dies he's already written a book book called killing bill o'reilly that just publishes like suicide switch after he dies.
1: Yeah, he's like Moses who, like, finished writing the Bible after he died.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Brian, my, my son comes to you and says,
0: Uncle Brian, was it
2: an inside job? Can can, can I ask just as a side note, do you have a name plan for this child?
1: He's telling me it's going to be Lee Harvey Gold.
2: <laughs> we were joking about that, that his
0: name should just be Lee Harvey Golden. <laughs> um but you know I, it, I want to go with the family. interestingly enough i want to go with the family name jack but i don't think so because that's, that's kind of boring but i do like jack so i think i'm i'm gonna call him jack be like hey watch your back jack um but anyway yeah we got some names you'll
1: get to pay homage to the jfk assassination.
0: <laughs> i'm gonna yeah as he leaves the house to go to school jack. for the first day i'm gonna go never forget your
2: dying king <laughs> <laughs> um is it an inside job
1: uh, uh to the extent oh, you that, want to say yes so bad but you can't oh man i really do but
2: I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna have my cake and eat it too i'm gonna say yes it is an inside job insofar that um the you know investigation and the legacy of it were such that we have uh just you know, piles and piles of information about the shady behavior of our government, yeah. various businesses within the, this country, the links between them, and the relative you know scrutiny free life that any of these uh, entities are able to get away with until they are tangential to some massive crime like uh, the assassination of JFK. So uh, my thinking is that Oswald, um, yeah, was, uh, was the Kyle House of his day, as, as Lee referenced, except for he didn't get a sponsorship from a, a racist coffee company. No. Um, but he did work at one. Uh, but yeah, he, um, he was, uh, uh I think in his own mind, to some extent, he was a failed great man of history. And, yep. um this was sort of the the last act of trying to achieve that uh greatness in his mind and it just so happened that there were immense forces around him that uh had it in their best interest to um push him forward as the perpetrator of this crime as a wacko or whatever without co- coming to terms with the fact that like uh his life was certainly affected by the various forces of the United States uh, government and its shady dealings around the world. So I will say yes inside job but asterisk and long qualification yeah
0: uh, yeah I'm kind of, of a I'm kind of of a, a similar mind too. I think that here's the thing was it an inside job that's too simple of a question. There were multiple inside jobs happening all the t- all the time in in all of the places where Oswald lived and conducted his business. Uh, I think Oswald was uh, probably um, people were people in the intelligence apparatus like probably set him up as kind of, you know, cause in the intelligence world, you sort of put your chips in a lot of different pots to sort of see, oh, well, you know, maybe this kid's in Russia and eh, maybe later we'll be able to use him. So let's compromise him somehow. And like, oh, we'll compromise this guy. So I think he was one of the many sort of like compromised potential agents that were floating around in the world of intrigue back then. And it was- so,
2: sort To of put like- it another way, they had multiple lawyers on $1 retainers just <laughs> yeah. in case they needed them. Yeah, just in case his wife was trying to divorce him and then they couldn't ethically
0: uh, 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 side with her or uh, uh, work with her, um, so I think there was multiple inside jobs. I think that like uh, uh, Oswald was sort of wandering between these. Yeah, fail, fake failed man of history. He really wanted to be a secret agent. Oh, I just want to be a secret agent so bad, but I just I'm bad at it. I'm not very good at it. But I'm, I'm not just a with women. You. I'm not very good with women. I I smell all of these things. Um, and so I think there's multiple inside jobs. And then I think that there was definitely an inside job to cover it up. So, you know, we started out our uh, this trio uh, talking about the Kennedy assassination many years ago. And I, I think we've convinced each other that this was an inside job, boys. But, you know, with the long asterisk, asterisk. Okay.
1: What is the the phrase? Short answer, yes, uh, no with a. Or short answer, yes with an if, long it's or no with a but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take anything with a but.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well, thanks, boys. It's 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 great to have you on, and it's um,
2: it's great to get to the bottom of another case. And by another, another case, I mean the same case.
0: <laughs> yes. So I think there's some other things that we can kind of come back to and, and things that might pop up. So let's stay in touch. Let's do another one of these sort of like holiday, um, holiday episodes when the stars sort of align. And uh, in the meantime, follow the money.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Wait, you guys say it too. Uh, follow the money.
1: Follow money.
2: <laughs> follow a money. Follow a money.
0: Follow some money. Follow one
2: money, please. <laughs> All right. You just Thanks, you bro. just you just jump into a taxi cab and tell the driver follow money. Follow that money. <laughs>